Welcome to the Steve Reeve Podcast with the best moments from the past week and a few things that didn't make it there. Powered by Coldwell Banker Ford McMurray. We love YMM. Monday. Elon Musk and the Google Scroogle. Have you heard about this? A.K.A. an alleged affair that Elon had with Nicole Shanahan, the wife, uh, then-wife, I might add, of Google co-founder Sergey Brin, which Musk denies vehemently. In fact, he claimed to be at a party with this Sergey guy on Saturday night, though no word from Brin himself or Shanahan for that matter. Uh, and he also added that he hasn't even had sex in ages, even adding a sigh to his tweet. But then this is also the guy tied to having twins with his executive colleague to do his part to colonize Mars just last year. You know, so I don't know. Timelines, I'm not really going to work it out. I don't care to. Uh, but if it is true, if it is true, I get it. Now everything has that Elon Musk all over it, you know? Ugh, gross. San Diego Comic-Con over the weekend kicked off, and that's why we got so many trailers and big reveals, and why your nerdy friends were like, Hey, look at this! Oh, did you know the meaning of this? The implications of that! Uh, a pile of Marvel announcements as well. The MCU getting huger and huger, one of the greatest movie and TV experiments of all time. Yeah, you're not going to be uh, rid of it anytime soon. Huge, huge announcements. I'm not kidding. <gasps> Phase 4 is going to end with Black Panther, Panther Wakanda Forever out this November after She-Hulk in August. Then Phase 5 is Ant-Man and the Wasp 3, Secret Invasion Series, Guardians 3, Echo Series, Loki Season 2, The Marvels, Blade, Ironheart, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, Daredevil, Born Again Series, Captain America, New World Order, and finally Thunderbolts. Had to say it that fast just to be able to get through it all. Plus, they also announced that Phase 6 is going to have Fantastic Four and end with two Avengers movies in the same year, as if you could be sick of it. Uh, not to mention a Spider-Man animated series, What If Season 2, and the I Am Groot shorts, and and the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special coming out this holiday season, which will be canon. <sighs> and DC had two trailers. Let's get into music news. Couple of headlines for you. Um, now, we, of course, have talked a lot in the last month about Kate Bush and, as well, uh, Metallica, specifically Running Up That Hill and... Uh, uh, Master of Puppets, both of which featured on the Stranger Things Season 4 soundtrack in big, big ways, big set-piece ways, uh, and now the inevitable has happened, of course, to extend the news media cycle about this story in particular. They've been fused together. A YouTuber named Anthony Vincent has made a cover of Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill, but in the style of Metallica's Master of Puppets, featuring a few other musicians on there as well. He didn't do it alone. Here's just a taste of what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. I'm going to be listening to the rest of that thing, rocking out on the drive home. But we've also got Neil Young in the news, and he is not going to be rocking out, specifically saying he's not ready to play. He was announced as part of the lineup for Farm Aid, but he has clarified immediately afterwards he's not going to be attending the festival in his reasoning. I don't think it's safe in the pandemic just yet. He does not feel safe. He is, of course, of an elderly age, but also it's not just about him. He doesn't want the spread to happen and to be involved in that in any ways. Uh, he's responded to fan letters on his website and has been very, very vocal about this and very clear about this. Tuesday. I got a funny wrong number message. It happened over the weekend and it reads, Hey, Michael, it's me, Lynn. Have you sent the file to my email? I haven't received it yet. Well, first of all, 
you got to get that email sent. You got to figure that out. You got to send the report, the TPS reports, whatever it is. Anyway, I responded real simple. Wrong number. I was busy. Didn't really give any flourish to it. But this is what I got back. I'm sorry. There's a one digit difference between your number and my friends. Okay, I'm tracking. I follow so far. I don't need the explanation. But yeah, of course. It continues. God bless you. And wish you, I have never gotten anything like that before in my life, right? Like, usually people are like, oh, okay, cool. Or I've even had people insist. They're like, no, this is the right number. I'm talking to the right person. And I'm going, no. In this case, yeah, I, uh, what? Uh, I wasn't expecting that. It's very generous, very kind, altruistic of you to wish me something so beautiful. A lifetime of peace for me personally, or like a lifetime of peace in the world. Either way, sounds like a good thing. Where do we sign up, right? But also, feels like it's a little bit overboard. I feel like the pressure's on me now. I've got to achieve this lifetime of peace well no not really not really but it did make me start to wonder it was such a nice message you know did they really have the wrong number you know and the answer is yeah i mean they were looking for michael it was totally the wrong number the number on the sign at the pumps still being just shy of two dollars around town i mean i've seen a little fluctuation it's dipped a little bit here and there but by and large for weeks on end now gas price has been way too expensive been almost two dollars a liter uh and jason kenny is on the case <laughs> investigator kenny said uh, just last week right before the weekend that he wants to investigate this uh, potential gouging of Albertans uh, on the pump prices, right? Uh, and uh, meeting with the Canadian Fuels Association to uh, express frustrations and things like that. Also asking the Competition Bureau of Canada to check out if there is maybe any fixing going on under the Competition Act that is illegal. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, there's been tax breaks and everything, too. Like, traditionally, uh, people in Ontario, for instance, pay a little bit more for gas just, you know, pretty much my entire life that's been the case because they have slightly more taxes on it, right? And it costs a little bit more because it takes a little bit longer to get there from, you know, domestic sources. But, but we're in Alberta and, you know, we're close to extraction for sure, close to refinement, you could argue, and we've always had slightly lower taxes. So we've usually paid less. And now we've even got less taxes on our gas, and yet we're still paying more. You know what I mean? This Something in there doesn't quite seem to add up, right? Something stinks. Something smells. And it's not the gasoline because I couldn't afford to get any. You're listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast, Podcast. from 100.5 Cruise FM. Rage Against the Machine getting us started here because of a big donation to Indigenous Charities here in Canada, actually. $75,000 deep, this donation, um, and specifically derived from tickets sold at the Hamilton, Ontario concert that the band just played not too long ago, uh, Thursday of last week, specifically. And uh, that donation actually is going to help out a number of different nonprofits in Canada. $75,000, big time, going to Why Hunger, the Polaris Institute, Roots of Justice, Indigenous Climate Action, and... Uh, once again, uh, not just speaking about social change and taking care of people, but actually putting something to it, you know, making some action happen. Joni Mitchell's in the news as well because of surprising the stage, uh, the, the, the audience in front of the stage at the Newport Folk Festival. Uh, she was on stage singing A Case of You, both sides now, and fans were not expecting it because they were just there for Brandy Carlisle, which was a treat in and of itself. But with extra Joni Mitchell, I don't think anybody was complaining. And sad news to end off, a co-creator of The Monkees and somebody involved in so much to do with the music industry and with incredible, incredible visuals as far as filming those acts in the music industry. Bob Raffleson has passed away. He died in his home in Aspen, Colorado at the age of 89. Wednesday.
kind of brain-boggling. Really, it's brain-scanning. The China Porn Censorship Cap. Apparently, this is something that is being developed. There's research being put towards a brainwave-scanning helmet that can detect when the wearer is looking at uh, adult entertainment. Shall we say explicit content? Uh, it takes spikes in human brainwave patterns and uh, you know can identify, based on machine learning, AI, what those signals mean in about 80% of cases. So it's about 80% accurate. And uh, it even comes in a premium Super Mario edition. Looks just like Cappy. No, not really. Um, in fact, it's not going to be strapped to the head of every internet user, like a lot of headlines kind of make it seem. Uh, it's meant more to make the people who are tasked with the terrible job of identifying what counts as explicit content more accurate and efficient. While working, I'm sure, super long hours for terrible pay, right? My assumption, anyway. Sounds like a terrible job, but that is an entire socio-political discussion in and of itself. I don't want to get into that, but really... I just think it's kind of funny to say that they're inventing an anti-fap cap to keep your lap from falling into a trap and getting a bad rap. Fastened with a snap. The MTV Video Music Awards categories, the nominees have been announced. At least most of them. A large number of the categories have shown up. MTV.com slash VMA has got uh, all of the details and your ability to vote as well on what you think should win. Now, a lot of it is music that you don't necessarily hear right on our airwaves, but the best rock category certainly has some artists that we've uh, we've heard from. Foo Fighters, of course. Uh, Love Dies Young. There's also uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers Black Summer on there. Shine Down, Three Days Grace, Muse, and Jack White. Of uh, the White Stripes fame, of course. And in the long-form video category, there's a large number of newer artists. Madonna also representing, though. And the Foo Fighters find themselves in there as well as their movie, their feature-length horror film, Studio 666, technically counts as a best long-form video entry. Interesting. Hope wins. Hope it does well. And meanwhile, Guns N' Roses' Slash doesn't think he's ever actually had a copy in his possession of their album, Appetite for Destruction. It has sold over 30 million copies throughout the entire planet since it did come out way back in the day. But Slash says in an interview with Goldmine Magazine, the original Guns N' Roses cover from Appetite on vinyl, Slash says, no, nah, no, nah, and he doesn't have it. Doesn't really collect anything to do with their records. But does he have to? He made them. He's still intrinsically a part of it. I don't think he necessarily has to have a copy of it. And technically, I think he owns the, like, platinum or whatever versions, right? The whole band owns that. So, yeah, yeah, he's got it. Sort of. It's just in a frame on some wall somewhere. Hey, Alexa, play the Steve Reeve podcast. Well, they're definitely going to be taking care of business. Two of our own just made it onto Team Alberta for the Baseball 16U Canada Girls Invitational Championship in PEI. It's a mouthful. But it's worth mentioning. Uh, the first since before the pandemic began, I might add, the last time this went down was in 2019. Uh, it's going to be taking place late August, so like a month away, and Sydney Barry and Taylor Breen will be there. And they're definitely going to be representing us and the province, making some folks proud. So we've got to do our part and cheer uh, on for them. Cheer loudly. Uh, you can find more details, of course, by uh, you know looking around online. But uh, we're sure that we're going to hear more once the actual gameplay begins in late August across in the smallest little province there is. Thursday. They certainly achieved glory earlier this week, in Toronto specifically. The Blue Jays hosted one of these new loony hot dog nights that they've been putting on for the season. And uh, there's now a breakdown, literally a chart, a little table to show you how many they've been selling. And it's always been big numbers, but they broke the record again. So the first one they held in April 
got about 30,000, nearly 31,000 hot dogs sold. On Tuesday of this week, they broke the record by a lot. It was 40,602 hot dogs purchased by just about 40,000 attendees, making it about 1.02 hot dogs per fan. But you know, some people weren't having some and others were having a plenty, especially at a dollar a hot dog. Holy cow, 40,000 hot dogs sold in a single night. Joey Chestnut would be so proud. Rockstar Games, the makers of Grand Theft Auto and, you know, several other titles. That's the big, big, big one for sure. I've announced not only that Grand Theft Auto 6 is being developed, it's being worked on finally. I don't know how many years we've had Grand Theft Auto 5 being put out again and again and again, and then they put out like three as a collection of the older games. And it actually didn't go over so well. So then they were like, you know what? Pivot. There's a new one. There's a new one coming. We promise. It's finally on the way. And they've also announced that you will finally be able to play as a female character. The main character, in fact, of the long-awaited game to boot. That's right. Finally, you'll be able to still live out your most base, violent fantasies and act on your most aggressive impulses while seeing the decay of Western society happen right in front of you, but with virtual boobs this time. Fantastic, right? No, actually, it is really cool. Uh, there's not enough. Get to play as a female representation of video games. And this game is going to make so much money. So much money. But is it going to be good? Is it going to be fun? That remains to be seen. Thanks for listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. I have learned a mind-blowing fact from decades ago. Decades ago. We all know Tetris. But there's a hidden story there. Now, it did come out of a uh, programmer, a game maker in the Soviet Union before it did collapse, and was actually taken out of the Soviet Union bubble by an American guy, a.k.a. totally stolen and ripped off, and that's pretty much the version of Tetris that we got, with the homage to the, you know, St. Stephen's Basilica kind of in the game still as this connection. But it was this American guy who actually gave names to the shapes in the game, which are called Tetraminos. Now that isn't something that was invented for the game, that's just a term. It's just like domino is a term for a shape with two squares, a Tetramino is the term for a shape with four squares. But each of those has names, uh, has a name, and they are ridiculous. This comes directly from the Game Boy Tetris manual. If you happen to have this in a closet, in storage somewhere, you can I, I confirm this with the actual copy of what you have. The Tetris block names are Orange Ricky, Blue Ricky, Cleveland Z, Rhode Island Z, Hero Tiwi, and Smash Boy. And I think Smash Boy is the favorite, the fan favorite for sure. Uh, incredible. Uh, and we'll never look at Tetris the same way again, which, I mean, you know, I don't know the last time I did look at Tetris, but it is a timeless game and perhaps is the ultimate puzzle game. I want to play some right now. Metallica and just milking this master of puppets, Stranger Things business. Well, not directly, but of course they're back into the charts. Uh, in fact, in some cases, like in the top 40 charts for the very first time since that song came out in 1986 because of being in the finale for Stranger Things Season 4. Yeah, and uh, they have uh, been putting out new music videos, you know, uh, sort of loosely. This is not exactly true music video, lyric video 
as they call it, but brand new and definitely seems to be have been fast-tracked to take advantage of the fact that there's a whole bunch of new listeners that are just discovering Metallica for the very first time and learning their own guitar solos to play along to, which is awesome. Madonna in the news again because she is saying nobody but herself can make her own biopic. She wants to stop misogynistic men from taking over. And uh, this is something that was announced a couple of years ago and has been, you know, sporadically uh, sprinkling news about itself throughout the uh, the, the pandemic so far. Uh, it's going to have Juno screenwriter Diablo Cody, uh, Amy Pascal serving as a producer, and Julia Garner playing the role of Madonna within the movie about Madonna being made by Madonna. Friday. Beautiful looking weekend with a bit of cloud coverage and rain possible, right? That is absolutely going to be a part of it. But did you know... The forecast calls for Chinese rocket debris from another uncontrolled re-entry. That's right, all weekend long. Um, now, truth be told, very little chance of uh, any uh, danger to us especially, but I mean, pretty much the amount of land that could possibly be impacted by this is about like 3% of the entire area that could be affected by this re-entry. It's being watched very closely. But that's what people are having an issue with. This isn't the first time that uh, Chinese aerospace program has just said, yeah, no, fine. Uh, the re-entry into the atmosphere can break everything up and it'll be fine. Don't even worry about it. Uh, whereas there's kind of like an international community uh, uh, loose agreement, I'd say. Tentative agreement to be like, maybe we should take care of what we're doing in space, especially when it comes back down to Earth. And it costs money to observe, to closely observe what's going on with this rocket for us to know that it's pretty much going to be safe. But still, forecast calls for some clouds, a little bit of rain, and some fiery molten debris from the upper atmosphere. Fantastic. Great weekend for listening to some tunes, getting out there into nature and enjoying maybe a little bit of camping, right? It is a long weekend after all, and hopefully it's not too cloudy for you. But I want to know, what is essential packing for a camping trip? And I want to hear from moms, and I want to hear from dads on this one. The reason why I ask is because one of the uh, fellow staff members here at 100.5 Cruise FM uh, has youngsters and is out camping as we speak. If you're up this early and listening, hey, shout out to you. But it was a post on social media that got me laughing because mom said that dad, when asked what needed to be packed for a weekend of camping with the kids, said the following three things. A tent, some shorts, and probably don't forget the kid. <laughs> you know, like the young ones themselves probably should be in tow for that. And mom is just shaking her head going... No, you think you think that's all it takes? You think that we're going to make memories by just bringing the tent itself and some swim shorts and the rest of it can just be adventure? Yeah, the kids are going to love that. Fish for your own dinner kind of thing. I love this. So funny to me. And I think that there is. I That's my mentality. I'm like, you just need the bare essentials and we'll figure the rest out. But that's not how everybody camps, right? So moms, dads, everybody, what is essential packing for a camping trip? You're listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast, Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. Time for some music news headlines, including just Alanis right off the bat because she was just in Edmonton last night at Rogers Place and the night before at the Scotiabank Saddledome in Calgary, extending her 25th anniversary tour of Jagged Little Pill with Garbage as their special guest support. What an incredible concert. Feeling a little bit jealous about that. Their next date on the tour is July 31st. Vancouver, BC. So if you missed out, like I did, 
unfortunately, it's a little bit of a distance to trek to see her for the rest of the tour. Meanwhile, The Cure are going to be celebrating the 30th anniversary of Wish, which is their ninth studio album released back in 1992. Friday I'm in Love is off of that one, for instance, and the collection is actually going to feature 24 new, never-before-heard, unreleased tracks. And uh, some really, really interesting deep cuts have got to be on there. Pre-order the album right now because it's going to be coming out November 25th. A little bit of a wait for that one. Earlier today, we're asking the question, what is absolutely essential packing for a family camping trip? And I specifically wanted to hear from moms and dads on this one. Still sound off, especially up on social media. we got to post it everywhere. Let me know what you think because I think that moms and dads have a little bit of a different idea as to uh, what's going on. But what is essential packing? What is absolutely essential? Come on, easy toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cannot forget. <laughs> absolutely essential. And it's always great when somebody that you go with is like a whole roll user. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you budget it for the weekend and then suddenly one's just down after the first trip to the bathroom. You're like, hey, that's not going to fly all weekend long. <laughs> well, if you know the ones you're going camping with, you know how much to bring. Hey, yeah, fair enough, right? What are you, too good for a handful of leaves? Huh? Yeah, probably pack the toilet paper uh, so you don't end up wiping with some poison oak, right? Or use a pine cone if you really need some deep cleaning. Thanks so much for the call, Don. Transmission over. Want more Steve? New podcast episodes happen every Friday or just tune into the Steve Reeve Show. Weekday mornings starting at 5.30 a.m. on 100.5 Cruise FM.